Let's give God praise, church, all right? So glad you guys are here today. Thank you so much. Those of you that's tuning in online from across the world, thank you that we get to leverage technology so that people can share. And so we're just so thankful that you are here. So the last few weeks we've been doing a series called Lord Help. Everybody say, Lord Help. And it's the power of prayer. So when you think about the power of prayer, the amazing thing is God lets us access our Creator. Our Creator lets us have a relationship with Him that happened through Jesus Christ, connecting us back with God. So when you think about praying to God, praying to God, prayer is very simple. It's communicating with God. That's what it is. And so when you think about that, the first week I talked about how we get that prayer connection. The next week we talked about keeping that prayer connection. Pastor Adam done an excellent job last week sharing how to listen to God. Today, I want to move forward and I want to talk about the prayer of blessing. When you think about the prayer of blessing, how many of you here, under the sound of my voice, or you're watching online, how many of you here, by the lifting of your hand, say, I have prayed a blessing before over the meal before? Raise your hand. Yes, a lot of people have done that. And uh, that stirred me up when I saw this three-year-old boy pray the prayer of blessing over the meal. Check this out. So let me ask this question on a follow-up to that. How many of you would truly like to be blessed? Raise your hand. Say, I think that's all of us. Everybody's going to raise their hand. Have you ever prayed for a blessing? Not just at a meal, but I'm talking a blessing for your life, for those in your home, your marriage, your kids, your business. What does it take to truly be blessed by God. Because here's what I know, and I know it's, you have thought this before, and I know that I have too. Why does it seem like sometimes that God blesses some people and he doesn't others? I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. So today, here's what I want to share with you, and this it's big idea is that the prayer blessing isn't the words we say, but it's basically how that you and I live out our faith in our lives. That's what it boils down to. The secret of God's richest blessings today we're going to look at and we're going to park on for a few moments of time is found in the last phrase of the Lord's Prayer. You can look at it here in Matthew's, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 13. It says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So today, I want to look at three main things that we're going to look at of how that you and I can be blessed by God. And if you truly want to get blessed by God, these are things that you will do in your life when you have a relationship with God in your life. And I just, I just want to jump right in and understand that when you look at the last phrase of the Lord's Prayer, God blesses people who seek His kingdom. Now, when you think about seeking His kingdom, what that means is, are you making God's agenda your agenda? Are you making God's plans your plans? 
Are you making God's will your will in your life? Are you telling God, God, I want to be blessed by you. What is that going to happen in my life? The one thing I don't want to do in my life, I don't want to bl- God for you to bless what I'm doing. I want God to, I want God to be able to bless me because I'm doing what God wants me to do. God blesses people who always seek his kingdom first. You go on down in the chapter in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, which is the middle chapter of the greatest sermon ever preached, which is the Sermon on the Mount, and look at verse 33, what it says. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. It doesn't say, seek my career, seek to prosper. It doesn't say, seek to find the perfect marriage, seek to be able to have a bunch of children and many arrows in my quiver. No, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. When you look at the word righteously, what does that mean? That means that I have a right relationship with my creator, God. I have a right, I have a righteous relationship with him. And if so, if I seek the kingdom of God above all else and I live in a right relationship with God, what is he going to do? He says, I will give you, quote those last three words audibly, please. Everything you need. Say that with me everything you need. So your happiness, your health, your relationships, your career, your business, your family, things that you would normally worry about, you don't have to worry about those. I love how the Living Bible has this verse here in Matthew 6 and 33. He will give them to you if you give him first place. Say first place. First place in your life. See, For people living in the great United States of America, what has happened is is that there's a consumerism mindset in all things, including the church. There is a me first mentality, and God says, no, you're getting it wrong. You're to move, when you become a child of mine, you move from being a consumer to being a contributor. That's what we do as Christians. And God says, put me first and seek my kingdom. I want you to seek my priorities. I want you to seek and make my goals your goals for your life. And if you will do that, you will not have to worry about anything. There's several secrets I'm going to share with you in this message today that I hope. And the first one is, whatever I want God to bless, that's what I've got to put him first place in. Whatever I want God to put his blessings on, I've got to put him first place in. God wants to have first place in every single area of your life. He wants to be first place physically, mentally, socially, spiritually, relationally, financially, everything in your life. Today, I want to do something, and I want to, I want to put up an acrostic of the word first. Because when you think about first, I want you to look at some areas that God can bless and you become a blessing when he's first in these areas. And we want to be able to have his will in our, in our lives, not our will. So where does God want first place at in my life? The first place, which probably hurts the most, is that God wants it to be in our finances. You say, wow, you know, that that hurts, Pastor. (laughs) Why does he want to be first place in my finances? Either God is in your checkbook, and if he's not, you need to do a check up. Because it's all his. It's not mine. It's not yours. I, I, I did some interesting studies this week, and I found out that in America, only 5% of Christians, it says they're Christians, born again Christians, actually tithe. The tithe, the word comes, 
the original meaning, meaning 10% off the top. Now, he could have said five tithes, you know, or whatever, what the word would be in Greek or Hebrew for that. Could have said 50-50. I mean, I could hear, I would, I would set up some counseling appointments with you if you were struggling with that. Be glad to do that. But he didn't say that. It's a 90-10 concept. But the thing about it, it's all his. But here's what was really interesting. The majority of people in the U.S., it's 2% or less. You know how it gets worse? I did some more studies, and I found out that in the past, in our country, they actually gave more. The majority gave more. Did you know during the Great Depression that they found out in the studies that they did that probably across the board, it was about 3.3% is what Christians gave off the top during the Great Depression. You want God's blessings in your life, you just simply tithe off the top. It's a no-brainer for what you can do. And some of you are thinking, well, Pastor, you don't know my financial situation. I can't afford to do that. I can't afford not to do that. Are you with me, church? All right. Yeah, it's the least thing that gets slapped on. <laughs> Here's what I know. He's making my heart beat, Right? That was weird. I'm breathing in oxygen and breathing out carbon dioxide that my creator gave me. My life is his. The ability to be able to work or be able to run your business or be able to lead your team or be able to help with someone that you're helping with to be able to help move forward and have financial wherewithal with your family. All that comes from the blessings of God having in our life. So let me say this to you. Don't ask God to bless your finances unless you're willing to put him first in your finances. How many of you here has maybe got a bill in your pocket? Pull out your bill for a minute. Anybody pull out a bill real quick? Majority of you won't be able to. I'll say, I got my debit card. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so if... I pull out, if you pull out any one pieces of these, this is this fabric. If you don't know that actual, these are fabric. They still have on the back of them, in God we. But do you when it comes to this piece of fabric? Or are you trusting in the fabric or the one who gave the ability to make fabric? That's the question. I know uh, a lot of times people try to say God understands. God understands one thing. You don't trust him when you don't make him first in your finances. Shannon and I will be married 34 years in September. 34 years. That's a long time. <laughs> Praise God. But we made a commitment when we got married that it would be right off the top. No questions asked. I've never missed a meal. I said, if we're ever going in debt, it won't be because of going in, I, if we're, you know, I'm not going to be in debt to God and, and, and bring in the tithe to his house. God gets paid first before anybody else gets paid. And that's how I've lived my life, and God has blessed me. Has there been lean times? Absolutely. But he always comes through on time, every time. Can I get a witness, church? That's what he does. Yes, he does. God has blessed us financially far more than we could ever imagine. Here's something else. Have him first in. Your interests, and this thing is moving. In your interests, you say, what do you mean interests? Everything that you're involved in when it comes to, and it includes your, 
And, and when you look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I mean 10 and 31, it says, basically in that verse, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. When it comes to the finances, it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a reference verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your paths. So there's a reference verse for each one of these, and I want you to understand that when it comes to your hobby, when it comes to your recreations, when it comes to anything that you're interested in, it means that those interests you do for the glory of God. It also means that you give God first consideration, listen closely, first consideration in every decision that you make. Because we make a lot of decisions every single day of our lives. God, what do you want me to do in this particular situation? What do you want me to do in my business? What do you want me to do in the possible job transfer? Whatever it may be in your life, always ask God, what would you like me to do? And how, God, would you like me to make this decision? Now, I've never heard the audible voice of God. But God, every time I pray about decisions... God impresses upon me, on my spirit, the direction that I need to go. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. If you care about it, God cares about it. So you seek his face in those decisions and the things that you do. If you always ask God to do that, God is going to bless you in your interests. Also, another way that you can do this is when it comes to your relationships. It makes a huge important statement of how your relationships play out in your life when it comes to making them first. When you look at your relationships, it tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, do not team up with those that are who are unbelievers. God wants the first relationship with him, but then he wants you to make sure that your friendships are godly. You want to make sure about your marriage and about your family and about your business partnership. If you have a business and you want to team up with someone else and do a, a multifaceted business partnership, you don't team up with someone who's an unbeliever. You're making a big mistake when you do. I know someone that's in the middle of it right now. God, God wants to be first in all your relationships and everything that you do. And understand this, the safest place for a wife to be is second place in her husband's heart right after God. You say, what do you mean by that? Safest place for a husband to be is second place in his wife's heart right after God. If you put anybody in first place in your life, guess what? They're your God. Marriage problems come, listen to me closely. Marriage problems come when you expect your spouse to meet all of your needs that only God can meet. If you'll put God number one in all of your relationships, God will bless your relationships. Something else that's important to be first in, and that is your schedule. It's very important about your schedule. So what do you, how do I do that? I mean, what does that look like to have God in my schedule? Psalm 90 and 10, if you look at the verse, it tells us there that Basically, sometimes we get 70 years, sometimes we get 80 years, and a lot of those years have a lot of pain, and, and time flies by. You know, it's pretty amazing that's in the Scripture, and the median age of death in the U.S. right now is 78 for women and 75 for men. My parents were textbook deaths. My father died at 75, my mother died last year at 78. Time does fly by. God wants to be first place in your schedule. And you say, well, how do I do that with my schedule? You give God the first part of every day of your life. I mean, when you wake up, you let God know, thank you, God, for waking me up. Today's the first day of the rest of my life. I'm going to honor you by the way that I live. You don't get up and look at your iPhone first, your iWatch first, or watch Bad Morning America. 
You'll be depressed the rest of the day. I promise you that. God says he wants to go with me today. And just tell him, say, God, go with me. I love you, God. Help me, God. I want to be like you, God. I don't want to be like me. I go to work or some people. I want to choke in the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? Right? Help me be like you today. Help me touch the world for you today, Jesus. Another way that you do to put him in your schedule is you give him worship for the first part of every week, and you guys are doing it. If you're close to a person next to you, give them a high five and say, I'm glad you worship today. Yes. You're letting God know, God, you are first today. I want to glorify your holy name today, God. I'm going to start my week. I'm going to give it to you, God. And you know what? God, I just want to remind myself by coming here today, you gave me 168 hours. I want to give you this hour of worship and kick it off right. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. And I adore you, Lord, with all of those here that are seeking you as well. Just one more thing. And first... It's troubles, T-R-O-U-B-L-E. I don't know, but I'll just, leave, I'll just leave the S off. It's bad enough. Trouble's bad enough instead of going plural with it. Make a great song, right? Psalm fifteen fifteen says, then when you are in trouble, he's saying, call on me when you are in trouble. It's what the psalmist is saying, and I'll rescue you then you'll give me glory. Think about this. God wants to be first even in our problems. Absolutely he does. Don't start thinking, how in the world, God, am I going to figure this deal out? You turn to God immediately when troubles hit, when problems hit, when there's stress and struggles and strains that come in your life. Say, God, I am here and you are here together. We're going to get through this deal. Reminds me of a flight that was taken across the Atlantic and there was four people on board of the aircraft they were getting close to mainland over at Europe and the pilot informed the other three people on there that the plane was going down, there wasn't nothing they could do, the, the plane the engine was quitting, it's going down they're at high altitude, he informed them the four of them and he said let me tell you something he says this plane's going down, there's nothing I can do about it, it's just they're all fretting he said I've only got three parachutes well, on the plane was the pilot, a scientist. There was a pastor, and it was a backpacker, young young guy. So he said, I'm sorry, there's just three. It's my plane. I'm taking one of the parachutes. And he took it, put it on, jumped out. So that left the scientist, the pastor, and the backpacker. And so the scientist said, I am on the brink of a breakthrough that's going to change world history and change the lives of people across the world. I have to have one of them. He grabbed one, jumped out. Well, then the pastor looks at the young guy and says, hey, listen, I've lived a good life. I'm good. He said, I, I know where I'm going. I'm not worried about it. He said, I'd like for you to take that last one there. And, he said, and before he could even get the words out, his mouth, the backpack kid, backpacker kid says, hey, don't worry about it, pastor. The scientist just took my backpack and jumped out. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Let me say this to you seriously. Never make prayer your last resort. Because when you do, God's your last resort. God's your last resort. He's in last place. Prayer is not to be a last resort. It's to be, the, to be the first thing that we do. And if God is really first in your finances, your interests, 
relationships, your schedule, and even in the times of trouble, then God, you are getting yourself in a position to say, God is truly first place in my life. If he's not first place in every single one of these areas, just, and just quit kidding yourself. He's not in first place. You're just giving it lip service. He says, I will take care of you, and I will take care of all of your needs. You don't have to worry about anything as long as you seek me first. So God not only blesses you when you seek his kingdom first, God blesses people who depend on his power. Man, I don't know about you, but I need God's power in my life. I need God's power with me and and leading my home with me and my wife. I need God's power to be with my kids and my grandkids and and especially, i got 10 grandkids now. I need God's power for my children to keep on giving me grandkids. You know what I'm saying? They just don't know what else to do. They just keep giving me grand. I love them. I need God's power in every facet of my life. I love my family. I love my church family. I need God's power. If we're here just singing songs and the presence of God is not here and there's no anointing, we're wasting our time being in God's house today. Are you with me, church? Right? We need God's power. Psalm 84 and 5 says, you bless all who depend on you for their strength. See, God doesn't ever bless self-sufficient people. I'm sorry, he just doesn't. He doesn't bless people who say, I've got it figured out. I can do this on my own. I don't need anyone's help. No, no, no. He don't bless them. God blesses those who recognize they need God's help. Depending on God takes faith. Look at Galatians 3 and 9 in the New Testament. It says, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Abraham, the father of multiplied people that's here and on this earth today. Here he was, one of the greatest examples of faith in the Old Testament. And even because of his example of faith, we are blessed because of his faith today, the Scripture saying here. And God wants to bless us for our faith, and that happens to do when we have a relationship with God and depend on God. God gives us strength. God helps us. He's there for us when we need him the most. Let me ask this question. Right now in this moment, you look at your life. What are you expecting God to do in your life? Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. That's what Jesus said. And you know what's going, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen in your life right now. And you say, well, are you a prophet? I'm fixing to tell you because it's going to make sense to you. Whatever you have faith that God will do, that's what's going to happen in your life. That's where he's going to give you strength. Here's another secret. Listen to me closely. The more you depend on God, more God is going to bless you in your life as you go along in this world. That's why God puts us in situations to where that we have to depend on him. If every situation that we went in in our life, if we could just figure out everything about it and always have the strength and do it on our own, we would never have to depend upon God in our lives. Depending on God doesn't come natural for us, does it? We want to make the decisions because we face so many in a given day. We want to do what we think comes natural that the decision needs to be made. And that is the mistake that we make as Christ followers when we can access the power of Almighty God. Come to the throne of grace in a time of need, it tells us in Hebrews. I have a time of need every day. 
and have a need and a relationship I have with God. So what do we do in the natural? We have to move toward the supernatural, and we have to learn to be able to depend upon God, and we have to grow in our faith. Now, how can I express my faith to God? You de develop your faith by taking risks to, to grow in your faith and to obey God in His Word. There's all kinds of stories of risk that you can read throughout the Scripture, but one of the main ones that jumps out to me is whenever you think about God using Moses to be able to lead God's people out of Egypt's bondage and slavery, and then when they vacate, about two million people, next thing you know, they're facing the Red Sea in front of them, and here comes Pharaoh and his army warning back the slaves. That's what I call a real rock in a hard place. Just between it there, and that's crazy. And so, when you go to Exodus chapter 14, and you read this sometime this week for yourself, it's pretty amazing. But here, the, the children of Israel began to complain to Moses, you have brought us out here to die. Was there not enough graves in Egypt for us to be in? We basically didn't mind being in slavery. And what does Moses say? Moses starts talking to the people and tells them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and see what God's going to do, basically. I'm paraphrasing. And you're not going to see these Egyptians anymore. Well, then God God speaks to Moses, and he says, let me tell you exactly what he told him. He told him in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 15, he said, tell the people to get moving. Tell the people to get moving. Faith without works is dead. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you here? You've got to get moving. That's what faith is all about. Faith is not just saying, here, I've got faith. Faith is when I take a step in the right direction, and then God will go with you in your life because you've been faithful to look to him for what you're going to do in your life. It's true. There's going to be times that all of us are afraid. There's going to be times that we're going to be unsure about the things that we're going to do. And we, we have to depend on God's strength, not ours. You may feel like you don't have enough faith, but whenever you say, God, I've got faith. And whenever I take that step in a direction, I feel you're leading me. God releases his almighty power when you take the step of faith and not a second before. That's what God does. Because he's God. Look at Jeremiah 17 and 7. It says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Trusting God with hope and confidence that when I take that step of faith, God is going to do something. It's going to be real because I'm being faithful. I'm taking a risk. I'm depending on God and not myself. I'm not trusting in my possessions, my power, or my prestige. What step of faith do you need to take today? Because all of us are at different, different levels of faith. Maybe you need to give your heart to Christ. Maybe he's knocked so many times on your heart, but you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life. You've never surrendered your heart to him and asked him to forgive you of your sins and make, you, and make Jesus the Lord of your life. That's the greatest decision you'll ever make, and your decision determines your destiny. Maybe it's baptism. We're going to be having a baptism two weeks from today. That's where you tell the world, I'm pulling for Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. Just like Jesus was buried in the tomb, you go and be buried in that water, and you come out alive like Jesus come out alive and victorious. You're able to invite your friends and your family to be able to come and, and to be a witness of that, and it has a power within itself when you invite those people, when they see you be baptized. And some of you might be thinking, yes, I've given my life to Christ, but I've never went and had baptism publicly. I'll pray about that. No, it's not a matter of prayer. It's a matter of obedience. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commandment.
So maybe you need to click on that QR code on the back of the seat and sign up for baptism two weeks from today. Or you can take a card out of the back of the seat, a connection card, and say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be obedient. I want to be baptized. Maybe it's a situation where that you need to come and be a part of God's church here. You know, when we had Lily, my oldest daughter, I'll never forget bringing her home. But if we left her at the hospital, I could have said, hey, she's part of the universal race. She'll be good. <laughs> No, it's not like that. I took her home to be part of my family. I took India home to be part of my family. I took Chloe to be home to be part of my family. Maybe you need to decide you want to be a member of God's church here at Freedom, and God's leading you to do that. Sign up for Next Steps two weeks, three weeks from today, from noon to two. We'll feed you an awesome lunch, take care of your kids if you've got kids. And find out what it is to, have a, to be a part of a church that has a vision of reaching people to know God, what our vision, our values, and our future is. Maybe you need to sign up for that. Whatever it may be, I'm challenging you today. Faith grows by not giving up when we're discouraged and when we're afraid. It's times of testing in our lives. Maybe you need to make a fresh commitment to be the husband you need to be to your wife, to be the father you need to be to your children. Maybe you need to be the wife you need to be to your husband and be the mother you need to be to your children. Maybe you need to be the family person that God wants you to be. What is it that God wants you to do? There's going to be times of testing in your life that God is going to allow in your life in order to grow your faith. And if life always works out really easy, none of us here would need any faith. And we would never depend upon God, and we would just simply depend upon ourselves. So God lets us go through difficulties. God allows delays in our lives. Sometimes God allows seemingly dead-end roads in life. And it's in those times that we need God's strength more than ever. And he will give it to us if we don't give up. Has there ever been times that my faith is weak in my life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every Monday, my faith's weak. I threaten to quit every Monday on the church. So does a whole lot of other pastors I know across the country. I'd shared that with you all. I don't know, a month or two back, and I said, if there's one day of the week, I want you to pray for me, it's on Monday. And one of my wonderful, one of our wonderful members here, they started texting me every Monday and saying, I'm praying for you, Pastor. And you know what? Life's gotten better. Because a lot of you are doing the same thing, and you're lifting us up in prayer. We all need each other. We need to lift each other up, care for each other, love each other, encourage each other, be there for each other. James 1 and 12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You want God's blessings in your life? Seek his kingdom. You depend upon his power. And then, as you depend upon his power, God blesses people who live for his glory. You've got to decide who's going to get the credit in your life. You or God. That's the bottom line to it. Psalm 115 and 13 says, He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and lowly. You fear God not by being scared of God, which we should be, because He controls the heartbeat. But we fear God, in essence, by giving God honor, and we give God respect that He so rightly deserves. So how can I live for God's glory? By using my abilities to help other believers is absolutely one way that you can do that. 1 Peter 4 there says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to grow my personal business. Is that what it says? Use them well to enjoy life. Is that what it says? No, it says use them well to serve 
one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. You have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will be will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. You notice when you help other people, God gets glorified. How does God get glorified? You serve people, and by serving people, you are loving and glorifying God. That's how you serve God. See, God has wired all of us to make a contribution. So I ask you, if you call this church your home, are you serving? And if not, get a serve card out of the seat, sign up. We will give you a call, and we will help you to be able to get plugged in somewhere serving. Serving in the local church, serving in the community. Next Saturday, there's, I think it's, yeah, next Saturday, going to be cleaning up. We have a place over here on Belvedere. It's got our church name on it. A bunch of us going to be over cleaning up the community. There's all kinds of ways you can jump in serving. But here's something you always got to remember. It's not the duration of your life. It's the donation of your life that's been said before. And here's a secret. The more I bless others, the more God blesses same for you. Has God blessed you? If he has, so who are you a blessing to now? Who are you a blessing to? Who are you helping? Who are you serving? Are you unselfishly volunteering to help others? Because that's truly what you call ministry. I love Proverbs eleven twenty five in the message. It says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others will be blessed. See, when you bless other people, you're the one who's really getting blessed in the process. I've been on a lot of mission trips, and when people go to mission trips, they go with these giddy th feelings that they're going to go on a mission trip, and they're going to get to go and be a blessing to them. No, you know, it's never like that. When you go down there, you, might, you don't need a translator for a smile. <laughs> when you go down there, you're the one who ends up getting blessed beyond what you can ever imagine in your life. When you help somebody who's in need, you're the one that gets blessed more than the blessing that you give. God blesses us because we chose to be like God, to be a giver like God. God's not looking for extremely talented people, but he's looking for people that are willing and able and available and saying, God, use me. And when you say, God, I want you to be able to help me, use me. And you take your life and you say, God, I want to seek your kingdom. God, I want to depend on your power. God, I want to live for your glory. Here's what I tell you. There's almost nothing that God won't do for you in your life. That's the kind of person that God will use. And I'll tell you, that's the kind of person that God will bless in life. Even being hospitable and being nice and loving to other believers brings glory to God. Look at Romans 15 there in verse 7. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Let me tell you another way to bring glory to God. That's sharing even the good news with unbelievers. One believer telling another believer. One, one beggar telling another beggar where to get a piece of bread. One believer telling someone, hey, the blessings reserved for you for telling someone about Jesus is absolutely amazing. If you've never told anyone about what Jesus has done in your heart and how he's changed your life, you're missing out on blessings that God has reserved for you. Paul said in 1 Corinthians there in, nine, in chapter 9, he says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. When we share the good news of Jesus with unbelievers, 
It is absolutely incredible what happens by planting those seeds. When we are God's people and we help other believers, that brings glory to God as well. And it causes God to bless us in the process. So as we're wrapping up, and I want you to think about this, how blessed do you want to be in your life? How blessed do you want to be when it comes to your life? So when I think about the blessings of God, so many people think in that consumerism mindset. I don't want you to think in a consumerism mindset. I want you to think in the, in the fact that I want to be like Jesus. And the more that I'm like Jesus to the world, the more that Jesus is going to bless me in my world. Does that make sense to you? When I make him first. I want you to listen to this beautiful song. And I want you to let, and contemplate and reflect on what we've been talking about.
stand with me as we pray? Father in heaven, we sure do need your help, God. I pray, God, that your spirit will move in every heart here, everyone watching online across this wonderful world. Pray, Father, right now, God, we'll take a time of testing, self-test, self-reflection. God, do you really have first place in all of our lives when it comes to our finances or our interests, relationships, our schedule, even our troubles? Do a mighty work, God. Lead you, bless God. Be faithful. Take risks of faith to grow. Be like you. Obey your word. Give us clarity, God, in our callings. What you want to do through our lives, God. May we seek your kingdom. Depend wholly on your power, God, and giving you glory in all things. As we continue praying right now, when it comes to first being in God being first in your life, is there one of those that we shared today that you need to work on? Would you just tell God, God, I want you to be number one in all of these areas. I just want to. Tell God, I want to be blessed, God, but yet, God, I want to be a blessing for your glory. God blesses people who depend on his power. Are you depending on his power? Or are you just worrying all the time and wringing your hands? What risk are you taking to grow in God? Are you living for God's glory today? For your own pleasure? Are you using your gifts and abilities to help other people? Are you taking those steps of faith and being totally unselfish? Are you sharing the good news of how Jesus has changed your life with other people? If you want to be blessed by God, you must get blessable. When you do, I promise you, he will pour out more on you than you can ever possibly how many of you know something that God's wanting to, he's pricked your heart and he wants you to work on some things today. Just lift your hand across the auditorium today. Lift your hand real high. Give God glory and honor. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Father, right now in Jesus' name, God, we want all your blessings on our lives. And we know that God, that not everybody is willing to pay the price. God. We want all your blessings, but not everyone's willing to do what you want us to do, God. We know that by our world today. So I pray, God, today that you'll take as many people as you can here, God, that will let you take them deeper in a level of blessing and, and help them to make these commitments today of life. I pray, God, right now that each one here is going to pray that they don't want to settle for less than what you have planned for us, God, in our lives. God, may we make you first place in every area. God, help us all to be able to depend upon you more. May that be our prayer, Heavenly Father, and depend upon ourselves less. Give us faith, Heavenly Father, right now, God, to take risks to grow in you. Help us not to give up, God, when we're afraid or when we're discouraged. God, may we live for your glory, using our abilities and talents that you've given us, the spiritual gifts for your honor, serving others, being a blessing to others so you can bless us. May we be wonderful, loving, hospitable people, showing love to other believers and sharing the good news with those that don't know you. Help us, God, to be a blessing for your glory. 
Maybe you're here today and the Lord's knocking on your heart because you've never opened your heart to him. I'm so glad you're here and he's so glad you're here. You're not here by chance, friend. You're here because the Lord wants to do a mighty work in your life. He wants you to know him, the one that's the creator of your life and soul. So if that's you today and you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life, that's why you're here. Shoot your hand up real quick. Don't worry about who's around you and say, I need to ask the Lord to be the Lord of my life today. For the first time, just shoot your hand up real quick and say, I need to ask Jesus. God bless you. Anyone else that needs to ask Jesus to be the Lord of their life, just shoot your hand up and we're going to pray together. All right. Would you just pray to him and say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart today. Just tell him, say, I accept your plan for my life. I believe you lived, you died, and you arose for me. I surrender to you and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I trust you that you're going to care for my life. My life is yours from this day forward in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul, thank Jesus for that right where you're at. He's going to give you his Holy Spirit to go with you and you'll never be alone again. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the blessings of this life. God, may this be our prayer of blessing. Each day that we live, that we represent you well in a world that needs you. And I pray your richest blessings on every family here. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Let's give God glory today. Church.